Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we are on episode 123, and I hope that you are counting because you're just going through one by one and getting all the podcast under your belt. Just talk to a guy, I think he's an 18, 19-year-old guy, and he was saying how much he enjoyed our podcast, Pastor Tommy. So yeah. He says, man, I want to go back and listen to all of them now. He said, y'all, Every single his one. exact words were, y'all are hilarious. <laughs> Well, I'm glad someone thinks you're funny. Oh, man. So, anyway. I mean, I think I'm pretty funny, Trey. I think you are. You know, and I think just honestly, over the years, I've made you funnier. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, way you, too you serious. Were, you were a lost cause until, and, and then you met me, and I, and I kind of had to come out. And, and life now, changed. Yeah, yeah. Now you're. Yeah, we were talking about new creation in, in this morning, <laughs> and so I'm kind of created in your image now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. But yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you're, you're you're a pretty humorous guy though. Just in general, you're. Yeah, I have a no. weird sense of humor though. People don't get it a lot of times, so <laughs> I just kind of say, "Sorry, that was a joke," you know, and they go, "Oh, okay." They still don't laugh, <laughs> but anyway. Well, anyways, you listen yeah. to the podcast today. Uh, make sure you get the word out: Facebook, Twitter, whatever your social media is. Text them, call them, however you want to do it. And, uh, mention it in your small group, life connection group, church, or wherever. Just get people listening. It, there are a lot of people out there that want to hear how we do and are able to connect the Word of God and our real faith that we find in the Word of God mm. to everyday mm. living. Well, Pastor, um, you know, I guess. There's probably no one listening to this that has not heard the gospel or probably even read it. Yeah. And um, when I was first saved, I remember wanting a Bible, and I begged my grandmother because she was the one that was going to get me a Bible. Now that I've been, I was saved. I said, "It's got to have red letters in it." Mm-hmm. And so I knew that once I got that, it was going to open the mysteries. There you go. Of the words of Christ in ways that I had never had them open because I don't know exactly. Yeah the words that Jesus said. Um, But many years into being a Christian, I I realized that reading the Gospels is more than just being over-familiar with the red letters in it. You know, it's kind of hard now to find Bibles with red letters in them. Yeah. You you actually have to go way down the list. You got to search them out. You can find them. I remember when I was a kid, like all, all Bibles had the words of Jesus in red letters. Yeah, I think some of that has to do with what I went through seminary, which we were, one of the philosophies was the red letters were the most important words, yeah. and that everything was subservient to that. In other words, it made the, so if if they thought that the Apostle Paul disagreed with Jesus, then Jesus got the priority, which we don't even believe he disagreed, but that was how they would handle it, you know, my professors that tended to be on the liberal side. So, you know, it was very important that we understood the red letters of Jesus. So we called it red letter theology. Yeah, I've heard that before. And, you know, Jesus's words are certainly important. Yes, they are. But we believe that all scripture is inspired. All so scripture is inspired. Even the black letter words are important too. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? So... Today, we're going to be talking about how to read the Gospels. And not I just th- the red letters, yeah, but the, the entire whole Gospels. Gospel, yeah, because the whole Gospel is not red letters. Yeah. As I found out as a child, I was shocked. I remember I went 14 <laughs> years old, and I, I really thought that the whole thing would just about be read, the first four books, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah. So uh, we have to read the rest of it as well. So uh, we're going to be talking about that today and find out how we can just be good stewards of what God has yeah, given us in yeah, the Gospels. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we have started a series where we're kind of walking through the different genres of scripture. And remember, mm-hmm. we said that when you read through the Bible, you've, you have all kinds of different literature. You have apocalyptic, you have epistles, letters, you have poetry, you have narratives, you have law, you have prophecy. And you, so you have all these different types of, mm-hmm. of literature that are in your Bible. And we want to know how to study each type of scripture best. And so this is really helpful. Trey, you're with me on Thursday mornings when we do our preaching live. we got guys we work with every every week that uh, we're trying to help be better preachers of the word of God. And we're, we're learning together. I mean, mm-hmm. part, of, part of being a I good preacher. I was going to say, I'm learning yeah, too. So. Part of being a good preacher is learning how to read the Bible well mm-hmm. and how to get in and understand. We're, we're looking at Colossians on Thursday mornings and how to get in there and just really understand the heart of the author and what he's saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, and what we do with those guys is we'll walk through Colossians and they'll get an opportunity on Sunday nights to preach that. And then um, next semester, uh, they'll walk through some type of narrative book, whether it's something like Jonah yeah. or you know a part of maybe First Samuel uh, that's more story-driven. And they're going to take a completely different approach to preaching it mm-hmm. and, and even studying it. There's just different ways to study right, the text exactly. because you're looking at a different kind of literature. And so so that's important even for you who are listening uh, to, to, to kind of be able to distinguish, okay, what kind of literature am I reading? Am I reading a poem? Am I reading, you know, something that's apocalyptic or prophecy? What or, is, uh, did, seriously, what, what explain apocalyptic? Because that's probably a term people don't understand. Yeah, so understand. we talk about apocalyptic. That's a very specific genre of scripture, okay? So uh, apocalypse was something that was very common in, um, in the Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be something that was uh, that did, in a sense, relate to end times, mm-hmm. but but not just end times. It was speaking about a coming victory for God's people, and it was very symbolic, a lot of uh, symbolism and things of that nature. And and it is, it's a, we'll look at that eventually. Sure. Um, but it's a very, it was very specific to their context. Like if you go into Barnes and Noble today, there's not an apocalyptic section. Because it's just not. It's just not something yeah, it's to read. Not something that people read a lot, right? Or it's, and it's not some people write. You know, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a specific genre in a specific time, which makes it even more difficult to to read through sometimes because we don't really have a, um, you know, kind of a, um, a a place in our brain for it. You mm-hmm. know, because it's just not something we read on a regular basis. So we'll get to that. Sorry, man. I didn't no, mean to fine. take No, no, it's fine. It's just fine. Just that term being no, used. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, I appreciate you asking. So what I want to do is we last time on the podcast, we talked about uh, reading Old Testament narrative stories. Mm-hmm. And so today- Which I had a lot of good stuff about yeah, people. Yeah, good, good, good. That was good. really open was to that. So today I want to talk about reading the New Testament Gospels. Now, when you think about the Gospels, there, there certainly is a lot of similarities between reading the Gospels and reading like a Genesis or a First Samuel uh, because there's a lot of narrative mm-hmm. in the um, Gospels. And so when you read the Gospels, you know, some of those rules that you use when you're reading the Old Testament narratives, you'll use those kind of rules or guidelines as you're reading the Gospels as well because there's a lot of stories about mm-hmm. Jesus in the Gospels. But there's not just stories in the Gospels. We'll talk about it in a moment. There are other things as well. So um, just understanding that the Gospels are a unique right a unique type of literature in the bible and mm-hmm. so we need to understand how to read these um these four gospels well so so we've got five considerations that we want to uh take into account today as we learn how to read the gospels better okay well let's talk about that the first one is this knowing what a gospel is not a strict biography a selective biography with a message yeah so know what a gospel is Know what a gospel is, mm-hmm. right? And what a gospel is, it is 
a biography. Mm-hmm. You like to read biographies, Trey? Yeah, I do, actually. I used to. As a kid, man, I read them like crazy. Yeah. One of my favorite ones was about uh, George Washington Carver. i never forget that book as long as I live. It was life-changing for me. So, true story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was his most significant contribution? Uh, just all the, the, you know, he was a great scientist. He was a better, all, he wasn't the peanut. Was was he the peanut guy? Yeah, yeah. He did. That was one of the things, but that was that's a misnomer. He didn't create peanut well, butter. <laughs> he didn't create peanuts? No, know. peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter. <laughs> No, uh, but anyway, he yeah, he's a great scientific. What mind. about Booker T. Washington? What was his? I forget now. He was he was more of uh, you know, he did writing and he okay. was a well, politician. You. You're and, much more knowledgeable than I am. I forget. I, for, I remember studying those guys. I just kind of forget what they're significant. I need to go back and look. And if I'm wrong, my wife will correct me when I get home. Is she a history teacher. Well, she teaches third grade, so yeah. she teaches. She everything, teaches all that. Everything. She knows all that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I like biographies. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been trying to read for the last few months uh, this big biography on Ulysses S. Grant. Wow. Yes, it is. Wow. It's, it's, he was an interesting figure, mm-hmm. but the biography is like 1300 pages. <laughs> like I'm, I'm about, I'm maybe a quarter of the way through. I'll, I'll get like on a kick where I'll read it, you know? And I'm like, I just can't take any more of this. And I'm, by I'm the done. end, you will know who is buried in Grant's tomb. Right. That, that's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> it's going to take me 17 years to read it though. <laughs> I know, man. My goodness. And what's so, what's so difficult about it. And I, 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 I really enjoy history and I enjoy mm-hmm. reading historical biographies. Um, but a lot of it is just, you know, just descriptions of the battles that he was, you know, leading during the civil war. And I mean, I guess if you're a real military buff, that stuff excites you, but I'm like, okay, they shot some more people. I get it. Move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, that's nothing to laugh about, but it's just like, dude, okay, I get it. Oh, I get it. There was, it was a gruesome, bloody, terrible war. Let's move on to his presidency and see what happened. Cause I, it, yeah, it's, it's just a. It's you can't skim read that stuff. I mean, I guess Some I could. I guess I paid piece. like thirty bucks for the book, so I feel like I got to uh, read the thing. Okay. <laughs> well, and I bring up that because when you think of biography, uh, that's probably what you think of. Maybe mm-hmm. not Ulysses S. Grant, but for all of us who who read biographies, they're massive. Mm-hmm. They're big books, and 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 biographies don't leave out any details. Like yeah, if you they're read, almost exhaustive. Right, they're right. Exhaustive and that's the kind of point. Be. That's the yeah. point of a biography, like to give you every detail about that person's life as possible and the contributions. And so, you know, you're starting with, uh, I mean, you, you'll read some biographies that start, you know, three or four generations before the person was actually born and talk mm-hmm. about all their family history before. The, and so you have four or five chapters of pre-stuff, then the dude's born, and then and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I've read a biography on on um, George Whitfield years ago, which is a great biography mm-hmm. uh, by a guy named Arnold Dallimore. Uh It was two volumes. Great. Two volumes. Two. Vo- and I know there's lots of biographies that are longer than that, but two volumes. I mean, it must have been a total of 2,500 pages. I've read all of it, every single word. Man, it was exhaustive and exhausting. <laughs> I so, was say, so yeah, it added the exhaustion. So I say part that to say when you think about the gospels, they are biographies, mm-hmm. but not in the strict sense that you and I think of when we think of modern biographies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the Gospel of Mark, for example. Mark doesn't even tell us anything about the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It just starts right when Jesus was an adult getting baptized, mm-hmm. right? Right. Or you think about the other gospels that you know, Matthew and Luke tell us about the birth of Jesus, uh, but we don't really see much about his childhood, mm-hmm. right? You have the story it where he's skips, in the temple. So, skips, yeah, yeah, so so just know that the Gospels are biographies, but they're selective biographies. And so even with that said, um, the authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. you know, their goal is bigger than just telling us the historical details about Jesus, mm-hmm. 
their goal is to show us that Jesus is the Savior mm-hmm. and Lord. It doesn't that, mean that it wasn't historical. It just means abso- that's not right, the point. Right. It's absolutely historical. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, um, uh, you know, a modern author just exhausting all the details about a particular well, person's life. Well, even the chronology. I mean, that, that's exactly I mean, right. sometimes they're making a point, so they'll put it, the story in over here rather than back here or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, so the gospels, yeah. So the gospels aren't strictly chronological. You'll mm. read Matthew and then you'll read, you know, John or whatever the case may be. And, and Matthew might place a story somewhere mm-hmm. differently in his gospel than what John does. You're mm-hmm. like, well, do they contradict each other? Because John's got it here and Matthew has it. No, no, that's not the, the deal at all. No. That they have a purpose in writing. They're trying to communicate uh, themes. They're trying to communicate to different audiences. And so you know, they, they, have, they, they have the freedom in their writing to, to move some stories around. And because they're not thinking strictly chronological or let me just give you all the facts. They're thinking, we've got to prove something to you. Mm-hmm. We've got to prove to you that Jesus Christ is the son of God who lived and died and rose again. And he is a savior of the world. Mm-hmm. By the time you reading this gospel by the time you finish this gospel up that's what we want you to know and so when these gospel writers write that's the goal behind it not just to give us the historical facts and there the there are historical facts we believe that the gospels are factual uh but 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 the goal isn't just to give us facts it's to convince us that jesus christ is lord and savior so so they're biographies but not in the strict sense of the word or maybe strict sense isn't the best way to say it not in the modern sense mm-hmm. of the word right when you think of biography you think about that 10,000 page Ulysses S. Grant biography. It's not the same thing. Wow. Not the same thing, right? So right. just know what the gospel is. Okay. Number two, know the author and his purpose. So we have different authors of the gospels. Right. So, so you know, um, that's kind of what makes the gospels unique because, you know, you think about um, Genesis. Mm-hmm. We have one book of Genesis. Right. Right. And that's it. That's it. We don't have Moses's edition of Genesis and then Joshua's edition of Genesis and whoever else. Caleb. No, Caleb or, or whoever. Yeah. We have one yeah. book of Genesis that tells us the historical account of God creating a people uh, for himself for his glory. And we believe Genesis mm-hmm. is factual. Mm-hmm. But when we come to the Gospels, we have four different accounts. Mm-hmm. So you probably remember this, Trey. Um, what were they called? Different, but not contradictory. No, they're, they're not yeah. contradictory at all. And, that, and that's what the point I was about to get to is that. Sorry. You, no, you're fine. You remember you used to go out and could buy these. What were they called? Were they called parallel gospels? Or yeah, yeah. Something like that, where where you would see where they would take and they would lay the four gospels side by side by side by side. And they would match up the stories. And then John and never matched up with any. <laughs> right, right, right. Because <laughs> you just have these big blanks where John, but, you know. But the, the kind of the goal was to harmonize the Gospels. Harmony of the Gospels. Yeah, there the you harmony of the Gospels, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And so so it was the, the point was to get them all side by side by side and show you where they all match up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It, it's, it's fun to walk through the Gospels and see, okay, Mark has a story here and Matthew has it over here and Luke has it here and John, he didn't use this story or John has this one that's different. And then, you know, all that stuff is fine, right? Um, but, but you think about the gospels in the wisdom of God, God chose to give us four different accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus, four different accounts mm-hmm. written by, by four different men who have, you know, in, in a sense, you know, some different perspectives of, I think of, that's true. of, of the gospel story. Right. I mean, again, I mean, it's, it's the same story. But Mark's telling it from his vantage point, and mm. Matthew's telling it from his vantage point, and and they're they're all right. They're all bringing different things to the surface for us to see the full picture of who Jesus is and what he accomplished. And they're writing to different groups. Mm. You think about Matthew; he's writing to a Jewish audience, mm-hmm. and that's why you think about Matthew. He starts with 
the genealogy of Jesus, showing mm-hmm. us that Jesus is from the lineage of David. And, and that is uh, by design. And by design. Yeah, yeah. And, and because he's convincing this Jewish audience, mm-hmm. hey, Jesus is your Jewish Messiah. He's a Messiah for the whole world, obviously, but he's your Jewish Messiah. He, he has the credentials mm. to be the Jewish Messiah. Um, and you think about even uh, there's some other features in Matthew's gospel that that are helping us to understand that he's the Jewish Messiah. Um, when Jesus comes out of Egypt or goes up and he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, it's this throwback to the book of Exodus, right? And yeah, so, 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 so Matthew is showing us that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, and he is he is the 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 better Moses, the right? Better Moses. He is coming to to give us you know um, uh, real salvation and deliverance, right? And so you have that. Then you have Mark who writes to a Gentile audience, primarily in Rome. And, um, and you know, his, his gospel is much more action paced, I guess, if mm-hmm. you will. I mean, he doesn't spend as much time giving us uh, uh, some of the parables and teachings as the other gospels. It's a lot of action. Then you have Luke is written to a Gentile audience and um, you have John is really kind of this universal salvation to the whole world kind of thing. And, um, and so, so each gospel is a bit different, a bit different audience and, and a, a bit different as far now they all want to show us that Jesus is the savior of the world and he's mm-hmm. Lord, but just again, giving us just a, a, a different vantage point. And I think that's really cool that in God's wisdom, he has chosen to give us four unique gospels that tell the story of Jesus. And so I say that to say, here's a good tip when you read the gospels, read the gospel that you're reading. Mm. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah. If you're reading the gospel of Matthew, Read Matthew. Mm. Now, when you read Mark, you're going to see some similarities, obviously. Uh, you're going to see some same stories, and you're going to see some of those stories uh, really identical, almost word for word. Uh, but when you read Matthew, read Matthew. Mm. Listen to what Matthew is saying about Jesus. Put yourself in that original context and think about those Jewish people that were hearing this gospel that Matthew wrote for the first time. When you read Mark, Read Mark, right? Mm. I mean, you know, we want to harmonize the Gospels and see how they fit together, and, and that that's fine. But just take the time to read them individually and and hear the message of each individual Gospel, because God, in His wisdom, has given us four unique Gospel accounts that tell the singular story mm-hmm. of the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So get to know each Gospel as it stands on its own. Right, right. That's great. Now, you you have mentioned John much, and I, I just say that because whenever somebody first gets saved, need re, need to read the Gospel of John. Which I don't know if that's the best choice, yeah. but they always yeah. say that. But is it, it, what is John about? What is the purpose? Yeah. So John, John is um, uh, the latest of the four Gospels, mm-hmm. and so you think about Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written before the Gospel of John. So John's written a bit later. Uh, we don't necessarily know which gospel was written first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different theories. Uh, I, I tend to think, and I could be wrong, I could be right. I tend to think that Mark was written first, and uh, uh, Matthew and Luke both borrowed from Mark when they wrote their gospels. Um, Very possible. Yeah, and so some, there's some that really are convinced that Matthew was the first gospel. Again, we just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, I think maybe it was Mark and. Um, you know, I think also that 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 um, Mark's gospel is really Peter's gospel. Mm-hmm. That Peter's conveying these things to Mark, and Mark's writing them down. And and it makes sense because it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straightforward. Yeah, like yeah, Peter yeah. Would be. Um, but anyway, so so John comes along a little bit later, mm-hmm. and if you think about John's gospel, it is it is highly theological. Right. He gives us a lot of theological teaching, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I mean, he, he's you can just, hear development. Of you can, things, right, yeah. right. So it just it sounds like it's a little bit later. I mean, mm-hmm. some 
more even the term logos it starts at the very beginning yeah, yeah. The development so it's just, of who it's, Jesus just is. it's just real theological and it's got some unique stories in it um and like you said Trey, I, I remember hearing that too a lot you know maybe john should be the gospel that we start with uh, but, you know, I usually tell people, and I think you do, too, uh, when you start reading the gospel, start with Mark. I do, too. Short, to the point. Let's get it done, man. Right? So and, Yeah, it's easy to read. Easy to so, read. yeah, if you've never read a gospel all the way through, that would probably be a good yeah. place to start. Start there. Just exactly. start with Mark and just take it chapter by chapter and think through it. So, yeah. So, as they read that, that leads us to number three, know what the gospels contain. Yeah. So, so what do you they, mean by that? They contain that? narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Just what, what's in the gospel. So you okay. have you have the stories. Okay. Uh, you have the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, for example, the story of Jesus' baptism. Yeah. You have you have all these individual stories. Uh, so know that like in the Old Testament, there are narratives in the gospel, but there aren't just narratives. Mm. There's also teachings. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when you come to the teachings, like the Sermon on the Mount, for example, or you think about John's gospel, you know, the uh, teaching where Jesus does on the Holy Spirit and those kind of things. Those teachings are typically framed in the narrative, mm-hmm. right? So, so these, these teachings come at some point in the story. And so, so just knowing where the teaching falls in the gospel story, right? It's important. So, so, and then, then there's not only teachings, there are also parables, mm-hmm. which, which are yeah. in a sense teachings, but there are these, you know, stories within the story. So even the parables come in the context of a story. Mm-hmm. So for example, when you read along in uh, Luke's gospel and you come to the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan, that might be one of the most famous parables, right? That we're all familiar with the parable of the Good Samaritan, right. but that, that, parable comes in the context of a story where you know the religious leaders are asking jesus yep. a particular question hey well, what does it mean to love who is who is my neighbor, who is my neighbor? they're trying yeah. to stump jesus and so when they're trying to stump jesus jesus responds by telling this story of the good samaritan to really shock the religious leaders and show to them that you know you ain't got all figured out like you think you do. So, so you think about these parables, right? They, they come in the context of, of the story of the gospel story. So, so you think about the gospels, it's, they're, they're biographical telling us about Jesus. They're, they're narrative telling us stories. And within the story, you have teachings of Jesus and you have the parables of Jesus, right? And every one of them are pointing us to Jesus and going back to your original idea that what we're reading, we're reading the gospels is things that point us to Jesus being the son of God, Uh, that died and rose again, you know, it always goes back. And that's why it's called Absolutely. the gospel. Absolutely. That's yeah, so, called. so that's an interesting, interesting point. So a couple of things, Trey. One, when you read the gospels, um, and particularly when you read the stories, mm-hmm. the stories about Jesus aren't there to simply show us that Jesus is a good example for us to emulate. Mm-hmm. The stories are there to show us that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right? He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. Uh, he's walking on water. Uh the gospel writers tell us these stories uh, not to just show us that Jesus was a great man, but to show us that Jesus was the God man. Yes. Right. And, and if you think about it, the gospel writers are, are more interested or maybe the better way to put it are, are more concerned about showing us the death of Jesus and the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is certainly they show us the life of Jesus, but the gospel writers, I mean, they're building up, they're building towards the, the death, the cross, and then ultimately the resurrection. You think about um, uh, Mark's gospel, for example, it's 16 chapters. Mm-hmm. Well, once you get to chapter eight, it's all focused on going to the cross. And I think John's pretty much the same yeah, so, way. So Half you, of the gospel yeah, so, is so focused the cross. On, on the cross of Christ. And yeah. so they're really interested in showing us that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb who has come to take away the sins of the world. Okay. 
So, uh, and that should kind of lead us to where we are now, which is number four, know what the themes are in the gospel. Yeah, so when you're reading through the gospels, pay attention to the themes because there's a lot of themes in the gospels, right? You've got the, you know, son of man, son mm-hmm. of God, you know, that Jesus Christ is 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 God in the flesh, fully human, fully divine. That's that's a theme you trace through the gospels. You, you think about um, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times in the gospels did you read uh, Jesus talking about the kingdom. The kingdom is here. The kingdom will be like this, or the kingdom, you know, this all this this language about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you know, this is this is going back to Genesis chapter one. God in the beginning was establishing the reality that He is King, and He mm-hmm. has created this world, this universe, uh, full of people who are subjected to Him. But yet we rebelled against this design. And so when you get to the Gospels and Jesus comes, right? He is the king. He is the king whom we must submit to. And so so this kingdom of God is a huge theme in the Gospels. It seems like it's Jesus' favorite thing to talk about, the mm. kingdom of God. I mean, obviously, when you're walking through the Gospels, you, you see the theme of redemption mm. and forgiveness. I mean, all those different themes are there. And so just as you're reading through, look for those themes. Note when Jesus talks about the kingdom. Note when Jesus talks about what the Son of Man has come to do. And note those things, right, because they're important for helping you to understand what the Gospel writers are trying to communicate. The kingdom was so important, and yet I, I just, just having you know been where I am for so long, is just not dealt with much. Yeah, I think yeah. we're almost scared of this concept. Yeah, and if anything, we should relish it, not yeah. not be scared of it and intimidated by it. So yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we need to focus on who Jesus is. He is the King who's come to save His people. Amen. And bring us into His kingdom. And then finally, know the context. Yeah. So again, whenever you're reading any part of the Bible, it's important to know the context. And so when we talk about context, and I think we've talked about this before, Trey, you've got the historical context, Mm -hmm. the biblical context, and the literary context. And so, so just think about literary context, for example, when you're reading the gospel of Mark, you have some, some back-to-back stories about Jesus that are showing us that Jesus is all powerful. Mm. When he calms the storm. I mean, it's like Mark chapter four. You have Mark, this progression. He, he calms the storm, right? He casts out demons and he heals the sick. So you have several stories where that's what the focus is on, how Jesus has the power over sickness, has the power over the demonic, and has the power over creation. Mm-hmm. And that's all literary context. That's seeing how the stories are connected to each other. That makes sense? Yeah. That there's this connectedness within the stories. And then there's the, the, the biblical context, how the gospels fit into the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Matthew is a good example of that. Matthew's making connections for us. When when you read the opening chapters of Matthew, he's connecting us back to the Old Testament. Yes. He's connecting us back to the Exodus. He's connecting us back to King David. That's that's biblical context. Matthew's putting together the pieces. When he when he quotes from the prophets, right? He's putting together the pieces for us and showing us how this gospel story, it is connected to the entire story of the Bible. This is the culmination mm-hmm of the prophets and the the law and all these things we read in the Old Testament. Jesus is the culmination of those things. So so that's the biblical um, context. And then you have what we call historical context, uh, that when these authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were originally writing uh, these gospels, they were writing to a first century audience. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, that's why when I, you know, when you remember, Trey, when I, when I preached the gospel of Mark, you know, we did a lot of historical context kind of stuff. And you would even put up pictures put up and pictures say, this and is what it looked like. This is, you know, whatever you were talking about, It was this would be a picture of so it. So that kind of stuff helps us to understand. Oh, huge, you know? huge and help. So, so when you're reading through the Gospels, that's why it's helpful for you to have like a good study Bible mm-hmm. or something like that to help you fill in some of those 
those missing pieces as far as historical context is concerned. Because once you understand the historical context, it really does help you to to get to the heart of what the text is saying. So, so just keeping those things in mind is really important as you're reading through the Gospels. Well, the Gospels are probably my favorite thing to read in the Bible. Yeah, because they're you, fun. You, you do want to know about yeah, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you get you, you start if as you read them, you start to develop this relationship with Jesus. Yeah, because you, you do. know more you really and more do. about you him. You really do. So uh, this has been very helpful, and I'm uh, I think just. Uh, Think about these things that yeah. are going to help us so as think, we read think, okay, and interpret. So we're, we're almost done with the book of Genesis on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. We'll be finishing that up hopefully by February of next year. That's a long time yet to go, Trey. We've got a few more chapters to go. <laughs> yeah, we have I think about, about February next year we'll be done with Genesis. And then I'm probably going to jump into an epistle. I'm thinking about going to Ephesians, mm-hmm. preaching through Ephesians and, and something else in, uh, in 2022. Uh, but I think about 2023, we're, we're going to start walking through the gospel of Luke together. Wow, that'll be It'll awesome. It'll be a lot of fun, huh? I'm yeah, going to preach through great. Luke. It's a long gospel. As long as you start it in December, so we can. I, I got to figure it out, guys. Yeah, I got to figure out how to start in December, so we can do the Christmas <laughs> Cause, story. Because the Christmas story has to be. Yeah, preached. Can't, we can't do it in July. Yeah, it just can't. Yeah, be done. that would be. That would be terrible. Can't <laughs> I don't do know that. about that. Well, anyway, just, yeah, we can't. You that's the only it, time yeah, I've ever heard a sermon right? from Luke too. Is at Christmas. Well, we so. have, I mean, if we do it in July, we'd have to put a Christmas tree or something. Just <laughs> we to, have. We'd have to get the the yeah, feel of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Pastor. Well, this has been good. Thank you so much for getting us thinking about the Gospels as we should, and get us ready for next week. All right. Do hope this has been helpful for you. If it has been helpful for you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review because that helps us get the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.